The following program is available 24-7 on GodTube and YouTube. It's time for Living with Victory, a program of hope and encouragement brought to you by Living with Victory Ministries and listeners like you. In a moment, we'll join your hosts, Laureen and Tony Giorgio, for today's message of perseverance and hope. So if life has left you kicking up dust, keep listening, keep looking up and Welcome to Living with Victory, where life isn't about waiting for the storms to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain with spiritual perseverance and faith above all in Jesus Christ, because Jesus is your umbrella in the storm. Hey, good morning. This is Tony Giorgio with my wonderful co-host, Laureen. And before we get started, I would like to give you some contact information. Now, if you don't have something to write with, that's, that's okay, because throughout the program, we will be giving you this contact information. We'd love to hear from you. You could email us at livingwithvictory at gmail.com. That was livingwithvictory at gmail.com. Or you can go on our website and see what we're all about. And also hit the contact button and send us a message. And that's livingwithvictory.org. Okay? For those who would like to write us, it's going to be P.O. Box 1982 in Maggie Valley, North Carolina, 28751. If you did not get this information in a little bit on the program, I will repeat it, okay? And now, without further delay, I want to introduce my co-host, Lorraine, who has the topic of the day and the scripture. Storms, trials, tribulations, problems, whatever you choose to call what you may be going through right now can make you want to run and hide and never come out again. That's the way the disciples felt in Mark 4:37 through 41. A furious storm of wind of hurricane proportions arose, and the waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already becoming filled. But he himself was in the stern of the boat, Jesus, asleep on the cushion, and they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. Life is your boat, and this is what goes on. And from day one, from the time we met, we had the storms. When we first got married, I'm working, making a living. We had our little apartment. I was in the insurance business, I think. Yes. Right? I worked for an insurance yes. company. I didn't have a formal education. I'm trying to make a living, newly married, young. Coming in one day, it was snowing out. We had these wonderful parquet floors, you know, shiny. And and I had a little snow on the bottom of my shoe and it was leather. Obviously, I slipped and I fell. I damaged the tendon. 
I think it was in my ankle. Yes. Storm number one, I kind of recovered. After a few months. <laughs> After quite a few months. It was almost a year, I would say. Well, in, in going back to work, the company, it was unionized, by the way, the insurance, and they had a union, New York, you know, we were covered. And they decide that it's contract time. Well, they decided. It, it was that time for the contract. And I was coming back to work when they informed me that the contract talks broke down. Picket lines were set up the day that I was supposed to return to work. And I had this strange feeling that I really shouldn't go to work. You didn't want to cross I, that picket line. I wasn't about to cross the picket line because I was told, don't cross the picket line. That period of time lasted for months. Yes. Only now, see, because I was okay to go to work, I'm not making any income. And then, lo and behold, my wife decides that she she's about to have her own little storm because this storm wasn't enough. One day while in the shower, she hit her head. She gave herself a concussion, you know, one storm after another. We had a landlord who took no prisoners. There was no such thing as, okay, don't worry about it. When you got the money, you give it to me. Or can I give you a half a month's rent? Of course, he had his own bills and all of that. I can understand. He asked us to leave yep. because we owed him. Okay, where are you going without money? There's mommy and daddy. I mean, what what else do you do? We spend some time at the in-laws. And that that in itself brings up other storms in your life because now you almost had your independence now you don't have it anymore because you're under their roof not your roof we moved in with tony's parents and there was such a huge difference in beliefs lifestyles culture and i look back at it now and i i know it's it was very difficult at the time and i'm going to say for me as the daughter-in-law but God, I believe, allowed that to happen so that I would learn relationships. We went to our parents for comfort, for safety, to help us, mm -hmm. our parents. Well, your father, who is in heaven, you are his children. You're his prized possession. He, Even though you think you're sinking, he's got his hand on your shoulder and he's holding on to you. I was in gangs. I was in, in the city. I was a rotten individual, okay? I mean, I... <laughs> God I would, loves even rotten. That's right. I mean, I, I, I would tell my mother, I'm going to church. Mom was Catholic at the time. I was going to church. We were going to St. Michael's. Uh, St. Michael's for us was a big joke because it was the corner bar and grill. They never knew. That's where I was. That's why I love Psalm 139 when he says he sifts out paths. He knows that even if you're off the path, he's going to bring you back to where you need to be. From there, you know, we, we can go back into living with our parents and no jobs and nothing and, and wanting to get ahead. My friend comes up. And we decide it's not going to work out at the insurance because things changed drastically. And it was all commission, you have to understand. So now I'm going to become my own boss. We're, we're going to buy a restaurant because my wife's a good cook. 
I can cook, my mother-in-law can cook, my mother cooks. So we, we end up in a fast food restaurant now. A lot of people probably out there listening know what it's like to stand behind the counter and cook hamburgers. We bought a, a defunct franchise, you know, and, and in all the while we were doing this with our own thinking, we have to make this money. Okay, that that was our God almost. We're selling 25 cent hamburgers. We had to borrow a little money, but we used any penny we ever had at that point to survive buying this this business. While we were looking around for this defunct franchise business to buy, along came an offer to buy a Carvel ice cream store, a franchise. And we had the opportunity to buy into it for the same money we were buying this hamburger restaurant. In all my wisdom, okay, <laughs> we'll call it wisdom, what are we going to do the rest of the year? You sell ice cream in the summertime, but then the wintertime, what do we do? Well, moron, <laughs> duh, if I would have seen it, God saying, hey, here it is. My daddy is saying to me, here, son, go here. Don't go over there. And I'm saying, no, no, I'm going to go over there. So consequently, I went over there. It took maybe a year of 17 hours a day, six days a week, seven days a week. We couldn't really afford help. Sometimes we don't realize we cause the storms in life. So we had it our way. Consequently, I am not doing that well. 17 hours a day, seven days a week, your body gives out. I ended up with phlebitis, blood clots. I'm standing there cooking day in, day out. She's standing at the register and the sodas and all. She got sick. The store went south. I don't have an income. I don't have anything. And I don't even have insurance. We didn't have insurance. It gave us an education how people who have to go through this, how they feel, and the ins and outs of oh, the, yeah. uh, the system. The system. Which oh, yeah. helped yeah. us later on when we formed our charity that God gave us, Compassion Children's yeah. Foundation. So it was a learning experience that God even then, unknown to us, I mean, we didn't know. All we knew was, you know, we're in a mess here. But he was he was the stabilizing force. He was there that even though we were going through that, there were days we could laugh. From that point, we decide the high school dropout now is going to go to school. And we're going to go register one day for school. We're all excited. And we get up there and, and now understand God is always with you. I don't care what you think, what you say. Listening to this story, God is always present. He's there for you. You know, if you don't go up to the door and turn the knob, you get, you never go through the door. Exactly. You've okay? got to take that first step. You've got step. to take that step. Mm -hmm. And we get up there and they say to us, thank you. That'll be $50, please. Registration fee. And I'm saying $50. <laughs> they could have said $5 million. They, it would have been the same thing. $50. I don't have $50. Oh, well, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. You have to have $50 to register. So we went and sat down and we prayed. And out comes this guy from the office. He comes over to us and he said, I, you know, I heard the conversation. I'm going to lend you $50 so you can register. You can pay me back when you want. You'll, you'll be here. This turned out to be the dean of students 
who gave me $50 out of his pocket. He pulled out $50 in cash, went over, told him to get it all registered. And there I started on a totally different that road. The door. I am now a college student. I even got a job in between there, okay? And, and you'd say, well, when I tell you the job, you're going to think I'm nuts. I got a job answering for phones at the county morgue. I was able to have a 16-hour shift. If the phone didn't ring, I could sleep. If the phone didn't ring, I could do my homework. It was a blessing. There was the answer to my financial battle. It was made for us, and God brought it through that school. Now I have finished my two years. Let's just go forward. I finished my two years and I graduate. And if this was a movie, you would say, and they lived happily ever after. (laughs) I get out of school. I'm the happiest person. I got this piece of paper and I'm on my way out into the world, the big city. We pray. Remember, we're always praying and we believe that God has a plan. And yes, the plan. It's my cousin Vinny. I got a wonderful cousin Vinny I grew up with. Only thing is, Cousin Vinny isn't in New York. He's in Florida. Now, all of a sudden, I'm thinking of him. Now, mind you, this was spirit-filled because I hadn't, unfortunately, hadn't thought of my Cousin Vinny in years and years and years and years. Hadn't seen him five, six years. I don't know, 10 years. And I decide I'm going to call him. There's a craziness. I pick up the phone. Hey, how are you doing? I explain the situation to him, what we're looking to do. And he said, oh, wait a minute. He said, you got to come down here. This was a new thought for us because we were born and raised in New York, and I was going to die in New York. Here's your next battle. We're in Florida. We don't have a place to stay. Cousin Vinny. He said, you stay here till you get on your feet. Don't worry about it. It was the most memorable time of our lives. It was the sweetest thing. But you know, when God is in it, it just runs along smoothly. At that point, I said, okay, I've got to get serious about this and and really want God to bless where we are and what we are. I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forward. So in this battle, I decided that I'm going to fast and pray. And I did that for what, two weeks? Two weeks. All right. Yes. Because God was going to lead me to that job. And I was leaving it to him. We come up upon another position now. This position is in a warehouse for a linen supply company. The position that they have is to drive the warehouse truck. So I say, okay, Lord, I've done this for for, for two weeks. I, I fasted. You've given me an answer. You've given me another job. God has your path. And here it comes. I end up, I'm driving a truck, picking up dirty linen, And napkins at restaurants. Not very exciting. Not exciting. I'm doing it. I come home pretty tired. I got to admit, and it's hot, and there's no air conditioning and all that. I'm saying, hey, Lord, you know, is this some kind of a joke? (laughs) I don't get it. I get a call. They want me at the head office, the vice president in charge of finance, good old Hal. And he asked me if it's true about my graduation of it. You know, I got this business administration accounting degree. I say, yes. And he says to me, if you could bring me your degree, I'd like to see it. And I'd like for you to take over our warehouse. I took over the warehouse. I had to drive as well as supervise. 
I used to get my sweet Laureen here to help me out in between because I couldn't take care of everything and deliver. So she started doing some of the paperwork. When the boss saw, now now listen, here it comes. You know, your battle's already won. Understand, okay? When he saw the work she did and she was working part-time, he offers her a position. And he said to her, I really like your work. I'd like you to get in there. And he said, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. He did, believe me. She comes along and he budgets an office and bills an office for her. Air conditioning. Oh, air con- you got to rub it in, right? She now is the office manager. And the whole thing just worked out because I said, Lord, it's up to you. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. Your battles are already won. You exactly. have to understand. After eight years and now I'm I'm actually the the material manager. I was I, my next step was vice president. You got to understand. I really moved up, and it falls swiftly. Well, the father retired. It was a family-owned business. Sonny took over. Sonny didn't like my boss, and I was offered a truck driving job again. You want to go back there? You want to stay here? That was it. And they and they transferred my wife. We didn't lose the jobs totally, but we lost the income at that level. That is what happened. And for some reason, I wanted to go work for Walt Disney World. Oh, yeah. And don't ask me where that came from, because Uh, we could have looked around there and tried to find jobs similar to what we had. But I wanted to go work for Walt Disney World, which was about three to four hours away from there in Orlando. We're going to go to Disney World. Had enough of this. Had enough of all the, the hassles of business and this and that. Now we're in Orlando. We're set, man. Okay, now how many people (laughs) that we're talking to right now have had a situation where you say, but Lord, this makes no sense. I know you brought us up here. Now what? We're in the neighborhood. I have a little gas station in the neighborhood. And there is a young guy there who owns the station. And I I am just going up for gas. And, I, and I'm asking him how things are. And he had just a, a youngster, I guess, I guess about a year old. And I said, hey, how are things going? And I could tell by the look on his face that something was wrong. He said to me, you know, I took him to the doctor. We took him and... and we thought it was a cold he couldn't get rid of. It turns out he has a rare form of leukemia. Now they don't want to treat him because we've been through chemotherapy. And I owe them like, I think it was $25,000. And now they're talking a bone marrow transplant. And they want us to pay up that money before they go forward. Plus the fact they're saying he only had a 10% chance of surviving. They told us to take him home, make him comfortable. I said, gee whiz, it can't be. There's all kinds of organizations out there. He said, no, they don't help with medical bills, personal expenses, none of that. Me, you know, can't mind my own business and and been in a system that is no system. I pick up the phone, I start calling and I find out, yes, that is the truth. These people can, and he's working, he's got a gas station. He don't qualify. So we take on trying to help this man. But I can't help because they're saying, well, you're you're not a 501c3, so therefore we don't donate to you. No All the big deduction. corporations, no tax deduction. I don't take no for an answer. And he says, go and set up a 501c3. Okay, that's my idea. We didn't even blink. What? what? <laughs> Dummy. Okay. okay. 
How do you do that? You got an American Express card. You go to an attorney and you say, this is what I want to do. Yeah, moron. Yeah, we didn't even like. ask, how do you run a 501c3? None we of that. We just trusted and said, okay. Okay. This is it. Trust and obey. <laughs> and we started Compassion Children's Foundation, Inc. What we did there, we couldn't raise the 25000 We raised 11000 we negotiated with the hospital who wouldn't take him to take him back and treat him, give him that 10% chance. Well, when the story got out, yeah. they had to do something. Yeah, it was in all the papers. It, it had gotten a lot of coverage. Even Walt Disney World was behind us. They helped us out. Today, it's what, 30 years later? Yeah, he's about 32. From the last account, Jeremy survived. He was healed. I'm a 70-year-old who should be sleeping off on, on my porch here, never mind, on the air. You have to realize what he's given us, but we're giving it to you. We're trying to give you the benefit of the blessings that we've had over the years, almost 50 years. We've been talking 50 years. Oh. Good grief. I don't know where the time went. I don't know, but we've <laughs> sure had fun dancing in the rain, folks. We saved a lot of families from misery who fell through the cracks. And today, even with our gas card program and our free CD programs and all of that, we're still doing it. Anything is possible. Living with Victory Ministries' mission is to bring hope and encouragement through God's Word to people that are hurting and going through storms. We want to give hope and encouragement in a physical way as well as spiritually. To that end, we have three community outreaches that we are addressing and hope to add a fourth very soon. The first one, you are hearing our radio ministry. We bring you our experiences of how we learned to trust God throughout the challenges and storms we have had over the last 50 years. We hope they help you to apply what the Word says to get you through your challenges and storms, too. Two of the outreaches came about when I was diagnosed with breast cancer four years ago. Sitting in the waiting room with the men and women waiting for their chemo and radiation treatments, I noticed a sense of hopelessness and fear on their faces that broke my heart. I was feeling such peace knowing that God was in control and that no matter what the outcome, I was going to be fine. I felt a compelling need to do something. I made two Test of Faith CDs, and with my doctor's permission, I put them in Hope Women's Cancer Center, hoping to encourage the people waiting for the doctor and having to go through this process of cancer. We have given approximately 1,500 CDs away so far. God has healed me and kept me here, I believe, so that I can tell what he showed me about his love and faithfulness. You know, the other outreach that Lauren is talking about also came about while going to the hospital, and it's called Fuel for Life. And this concerns families who have seriously ill children and who need daily treatments as outpatients. Sadly, what they term the working poor families have to make the decision to feed their family or put gas in the car to bring the child to his or her treatment. Because they are working, they receive no financial aid for transportation from any state or federal or local agency. Without these timely treatments, children will die. We purchase gas cards. 
in the increments of $25. And the social workers determine the neediest of the patients. And we also assist at Arnold Palmer Children's Hospital in Orlando. We're not supported by a large ministry. We are supported by you, the community, and listeners like you. And we hope that you want to share our enthusiasm for the help we are giving as Jesus commanded. And no one is exempt from storms. Remember that. So each of us has the possibility of falling through the cracks. Donations in any amount would be appreciated. And we thank you for giving to the less fortunate and to helping this grassroots ministry in the past. We will be broadcasting more of the fact that Jesus is your umbrella in the storm. Right, Laurie? Oh, most definitely. And you have a, a real blessed Sunday. We'll see you next week. Help Lorraine and Tony in their ministry by becoming a Living with Victory partner. You can make a donation of any amount through PayPal at livingwithvictory.org or send your check to Living with Victory, P.O. Box 1982, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, 28751. That's Living with Victory, P.O. Box 1982, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, 28751. And remember, you can make a donation or purchase gas cards for Living with Victory's Fuel for Life program at Teague's Superette at 130 Soco Road in Maggie Valley. You've been listening to Living with Victory with Lorraine and Tony Giorgio, who for over 30 years have advocated for seriously ill children through Compassion Children's Foundation, today known as Living with Victory Ministries. Support for this radio ministry and our outreach programs comes from listeners like you. Many families that have children that need daily treatments for their illnesses are extremely challenged due to the cost of simply getting to the treatment facilities. Our Fuel for Life outreach supplies gas cards to families at four children's hospitals. You can support our outreach programs by sending your tax-deductible donations to Living with Victory, P.O. Box 1982, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, 28751. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this radio ministry, we'd love to hear from you as well. Thanks for listening. So if life has left you kicking up dust, keep listening, keep looking up and grab your umbrella, get ready to sing in the The preceding program is available 24-7 on YouTube and GodTube. Listen for Tony and Lorraine's Hope and Encouragement Moments Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings during Gospel Hymn Time between 9 and 9.30 here on WPTL.